Hey everybody, welcome back to the PFFA podcast. My name is Kyle McLowry and this is episode 7. This is going to be a quick uh, single issue discussion. I'll be talking to President Alan Fershweiler and Vice President Jason Lehman. And we're just going to talk about the 27th pay period. Before I switch over to that conversation, I just need to set it up a little bit. I wanted this conversation to be under 20 minutes. And the edit up front is kind of clunky. But I had just been talking with Jason and Alan about what the 27th payroll period is. And the audio picks up sort of right in the middle of that. So let's get to it. I think the easiest way to describe it is just that within a 12-month period, if you get 27 paychecks in there, that is a 27 payroll, and you will uh, benefit, your pension will benefit because of that. If that, if you retire at that time, that month, you're going to have a higher final salary and a higher pension for the rest of your life. That's correct. Okay. So when is the next one that we know of? So the next one that we know of is coming up and is in February and March of this next year. 2019. 2019. And maybe just following out from there, 2020 is the next one. Well, there's one in September. Well, and and to complex this issue a little bit, you don't have to look at your last 12 months previous salary. That's usually exactly when you want to retire because of cost of livings, promotions, uh, longevity increases, but you can go back up to three years to capture your pension. So in February of 2020, you can go back and capture the time from February 1st, 2018 to January 31st, 2019, which is 12 months older, uh-huh. and you can still capture the 27th payroll. So that's the highest of the final three years? Of the final three years in a 12-month period. And uh, Jim Forquet was actually one of those people that mm-hmm. used it because he went from a position and then uh, went uh, down to a position. So right. he actually didn't capture his last 12. Uh, he captured the middle 12 okay. of the three years. Okay. So about a year older. Okay. But I know the next ones that are directly within the year you're retiring are February and March of 2019, mm-hmm. and then also August of 2020, and then January of 2021. Awesome. Okay. So that's, that's what it is. So who does it affect? So the 27 payroll affects FPD&R two members. Those are so FPD&R was pre 1989 or so. Uh-huh. FPD&R two members go from 1989 till right around January 1st, 2007. Okay. We do have one uh, class in there that's included. I think they were hired like December 25th of 2006. There's that one class in there. Mm -hmm. And then after that, uh, they are not included. Those officer members are FP and R. They know who they are. Class 0605. Yeah. If you have any questions on which class you're in, just ask Kyle and he'll let you know. That's who who it affects. So what does it do for those members? What does it mean, dollars and cents? So um, one of the good things that it does is it actually gives you a good way to calculate your retirement. So if you're close to retirement, we have a member in our station that, that's getting ready to retire. He's able to look at it and say, hey, in February or March of next year, I know that I'm thinking about retiring. My calculations will be about 3.85% higher mm-hmm. if, I, if I capture a 27th payroll. Okay. You know, there's multiple factors that go in there, but it gives people the predictability, predictability when to retire, and it gives them a little bit extra in their pension, about just okay. under 4% on average. Okay, so that 4%, almost 4% uh, is gonna vary for your final average salary, but for the average you know, firefighter officer, how long would they have to work extra after that payroll period to recoup that 
uh, multiple people have told me that it's right around 18 months that they would have to work okay. extra to make up the, the, for the 27 extra payroll. 18 months. Okay. Yeah. And I think another way to look at it is, depending on what multiplier you use, the maximum is 2.8% per year. Right. So right. if you took the max, it, you would you would gain 2.8% on your retirement every year. And so 3.8 would be the, you would do the math yourself. So obviously yeah. it's more than one and less than two okay. years of service. Okay. Good enough. What is some of the history, a brief history of the 27th payroll? So this started uh, when the city changed the charter in 2007. Okay. And I remember it shortly after that, we had members that were getting ready to retire and um, came up to us and said, hey, why, if I retire in this month, will I get 27th payrolls? And uh, we started to realize at that point that that did exist. So the city changed the charter and this sort of, we sort of filtered through it over time and realized it, it wasn't even, they didn't, they weren't aware of it at first. We weren't aware of it at first. It just sort of came, came about. Yep. And okay. I specifically remember one firefighter's name that came to me and said, Hey, can I do this? And we were like, huh. yes, I think so. Uh -uh. But we didn't realize it before. So the firefighters started finding it out. Got it. Um, Got it. And so then we started to have people in 2008, 2009, 10 start to retire on the 27 payrolls Got and of course the city doesn't like it <laughs> which brings us to the 2012 charter change and so um, that year the city went forth with putting forth a charter to the voters um, and it was in november of 2012 and so jim forquet was union president he was just getting ready to leave i was starting my term about a month and a half after that and that gets voted, uh, it passes, the resolution passes, and it essentially takes away the 27th payroll. Okay. And so, and it passes overwhelmingly, it's, it's in the high 70s, but remember we didn't do a big public ad campaign or do anything. Mm -hmm. um, and so it passes, it's worth about $45 million to the city. That wow. includes both police, police and, and fire. fire. Yeah. You know, ours is less because we have less firefighters. We have about right. 700, they have a thousand officers. So. Yeah. You know, take forty-five million, and it's probably worth seventeen or eighteen million to us. So people started retiring. Just remember, as we get farther away from two thousand and seven, the value of the twenty-seven payroll goes down because less and less people be affected. So, mm -hmm. so, if we, I, so when you say the value goes down, not for our members, yeah. the, the 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 city's um, liability that they can save goes away yep. the farther away we get. Take us to 2012, that does pass. Um, Jim filed the step one or two grievance when he was union president. That was in December of 2012. Uh, we take it up through step three to step four, and we go to arbitration. Uh, the police were the first to arbitrate that. Yeah. That, that was in October of 2015. Uh, that was uh, arbitrator Sylvia Scraddick. Then they were victorious on February 16, 2016. And that it, was when we kept on waiting. We had an advance and we were waiting to see what happened. We did. They would not let all three unions, the police, police commanding officers, and the firefighters take it in one arbitration. So police wanted to go forth first. They did. They had a wonderful award from Sylvia Scraddock, and it just essentially says, you guys have a maintenance of standards clause. Yep. The city went behind your back and negotiated with the with the citizens. No matter if they passed it 100%, the city did not bargain in good faith and restores the 27 payroll for the police. Okay. We take it to arbitration in September of 2016. <clears throat> Our award was given October 19th, 2016. We won that arbitration. It was Tim Williams. And essentially the same award. Mm -hmm. You have violated the existing conditions clause mm -hmm. of the of the uh, collective bargaining agreement. Okay. So at that point, 27 payrolls back in. Cool. 
So we're good to go. So there was that brief window where uh, they didn't have it. And uh, as of no, as of uh, 2016 in October, the firefighters start having it again. So then we go into negotiations. And on April 27th, on 2016, the city, city puts in disavowals into the contract. Can you just explain what that means? What's a disavowal? We disagree with what the city uh, uh, thinks a disavowal is. So a disavowal is when they take a past practice and they say we're not going to do that past practice anymore. And do you have to agree to that? I mean, is there agreement involved with the disavowal? So there's different types of disavowals that can happen during collective bargaining. And luckily, our attorney, Barbara Diamond, had just uh, done an arbitration over this previously. And so the city says they can go into negotiations, just say, nope, we're going to stop doing it. Huh. And our attorney says, nope, that's not right. And in 2010, this was a Clackmas case, um, and it was in front of Arbitrator Steitler that said it, and he talks about uh, existing conditions clause yeah, in yeah. that. And then what his award says is, just as a past practice requires mutuality to be considered binding in the first place, a past practice incorporated into the contract by an existing conditions clause, as in this case, requires evidence of mutual intent to be terminated. A unilateral, unilateral declaration by itself is not enough. There need not necessarily be an express agreement to abolish a practice, but the evidence must show that the matter was the subject of bargaining and that the union consciously ceded its position. Yeah. Such evidence is lacking here. The county made no effort to bargain the practice away, and there's no indication that the parties negotiated over the subject. And that's the exact case that, that our attorney says that disavows don't pass. Okay. If they want to try and bargain away the 27th payroll, mm -hmm. the city has the right to do it. But just saying it no longer exists, there is no legal basis for them to be able to do like that. They were just throwing it out there to see if they could get it would stick, but it's not gonna it's not gonna go down like that. Yeah, and just talking to the city's negotiations team, you know, and Drill Gaddis, they believe it to be true. Hmm. So their attorney is telling them, No, you can disavow. Uh, even when I show them this case, as on point as it is, they believe that they, they have the right to disavow. Okay. So I got you off track there a little bit on disavows. You were, you were saying something else, I think, about 2016, the disavows happened. So the disavows happened in, uh, in negotiations in April, April of 2016. Uh, so we did file a grievance while we were in negotiations, filed a step one, moved it to step two, and this is where we're at right now. The city came forth and said, we will hold it in abeyance till after negotiations. After negotiations happens, I write Jarrell and say, uh, the city and say, hey, you need to remove this uh, grievance because it's no longer valid. You never negotiated. And they came back and said, well, actually, we're going to reactivate the grievance and mm -hmm. make you go to arbitration about it. Okay. This is about the 20 cent payroll. So I throw a fit and uh, <laughs> cry to the fire chief and to the commissioner and do the things I do. And yeah. the city comes back and says, we will put it further in abeyance until November 1st, 2018. Right now, it's in a holding pattern. And as of November 1st, we'll know whether the city drops it, whether they ask for more time, or if we're going to arbitrate it at this time. So these are sort of the uh, options then to drop it, move forward, keep it in abeyance, or maybe bring it into negotiations. Yes. Okay. All right. So it sounds like it's far from safe. Far from safe, I would say. I mean, I feel uh, confident in um, our position right now. I think the problem is, is, and I had one of our attorneys was writing an opinion on another thing, and 
He said, we have a 95% chance of winning, but remember that 5% chance of losing is because you get an arbitrator that's not smart enough to understand the issue. Absolutely. There's risk in everything. And right. I had one of my arbitrations that I lost that I thought we were going to win, yeah. and yeah. we did it, and we put on a great case, and we lost. And yeah. that that's yeah. the case that it is. And so I feel good about our position. I yeah. feel good about the case that Barbara did, mm -hmm. but I don't trust the city. I don't trust what their intent was. and. If they were to be uh, truthful or, or if they were going to be uh, bargaining in good faith, they would just remove it. And they're not choosing to do that right now. Okay. So okay. I do think they're probably going to make us litigate that case. Uh, the timeline for we do that, um, we would choose arbitrators sometime in November, maybe December. We would definitely try and um, make sure that we take it nice and slow and steady so that we don't rush the process. Mm -hmm. Remember that we have the 27th payroll, so I don't want to put my push you know just push the gas when yeah. there's no read to do yeah. it yeah, yeah. do it right do it slow and methodical most likely we'd have to go to arbitration in january of next year uh try and do it i think it'd be a shorter arbitration maybe a and day, day, day days two days uh, yeah. at the most okay. um okay. you know but then that puts our award yeah. you know sometime after that they're supposed to have 30 days to do it i keep getting questions on whether i think that the february 27th uh payroll is going to be safe I do. I, I, you know, just in terms of what I've seen with the litigation in my six years as president, yeah. I, I think March should be okay. Um, but I also know there's a bird in the hand. Okay. And at 3.85%, members should have their calculations done by the pension to see where they look at. Got it. Got it. One of the other things I really need to emphasize is even though people are talking about the 27th pay, payroll, they want to know if it's safe. It's not safe. But you know, in terms of, of how much it is in danger, again, I feel really comfortable in the legal work that Barbara's done. Right. So it, it's well above a 50% chance that it's safe, okay. right? And so, yeah. Yeah. but the biggest thing I need to emphasize too as well is as much as I appreciate all the work that's been done on what calculations are for which payrolls, mm -hmm. the pension board is the one that needs to give you the estimates. So oh. we'll give you the thing and we'll say, hey, go look at February and March of 2019. Right. That's great. We're giving you the, the which way to go. Uh -huh. Go to the pension board, make them run your estimates for that. Okay. And they'll be able to help you go and say, yes, if you retire now, this is what you'd have. Okay. And that way you can make your decisions. At the last pension board meeting, they said that only eight firefighters had gotten their pension estimates, uh -huh. and that's not enough people. Right. You don't have to be eligible to retire to get those estimates. Go down there and ask for that February date, right. ask for that March date, right. and do it now before they so start to get slammed. That was my next question. How do you go about, um, you know, Jason, maybe you can answer this, how do you go about getting the board or getting these estimates done? You call the FBNR and uh -huh. set up an appointment, and they'll you can go down there and have it done. They can also do it. Um, do a preliminary over the phone and send it to you as an email. Yeah, but I suggest yeah. you call them, make an appointment, and uh, let them run it for you. So you could even just have them say, can you run one for me for February, August of 19, and also January of 20, and just get all three of them, and they yeah. go, okay, doing that. And they're aware of the 27 papers. You, uh, you have no, there's nothing wrong, it's not a secret. Yeah. Nothing wrong with saying I want to run the, the next 27th pay okay. periods. Can you tell me when those are? Okay. And, and see what they say. Okay. You did mention this is for sworn members. I know there's a little, a little bit of confusion about the non-sworn. Can we get into that real quick? Is that okay? Yeah. So um, we also filed a grievance against the city for our non-represented and for our retiree members. And I'll give you an example. In Terry Monroe, 
think he worked 35 years and 32 of them or 33 of them was as a dues paying member mm -hmm. in the union. Mm -hmm. So he works two years or three years outside of that, um, out of that bargaining cycle or out of our collective bargaining agreement. And the city says, oh, well, we can do whatever we want. You're no longer eligible for a 27 payroll. And we disagree. We yeah. think at the least okay. your vested time within the union sure, sure. should be what you get to protect. So you're 27 members in, in you got maybe is a line draw, you're 27 years in, and then you move on to a different position. And those almost like separate pensions. Yeah, so and if you, I mean, to make it easier, pretend that you were, uh, went out of the bargaining unit 15 years in the department and then worked 30 years. Yeah. Those 15 years that you're part of our collective bargaining agreement and that you have that existing conditions clause, mm -hmm. we believe that the city can't take it. So at least 50% of your 27th payroll should sure. be there. Okay. Now we're going to go for the whole thing. Yeah. You know, and so what happens is we filed a grievance. The city refused to uh, respond to the grievance. So we have to file an unfair labor practice uh, on them. That's what ULP. Okay. And so that's why we filed the unfair labor practice. Uh, <laughs> we had our hearing for that unfair labor practice in May of 2018. Okay. The briefing was done June 26 of 2018, and we're waiting to hear whether we get to go to arbitration on that. Is there a deadline for hearing back? There is not. No. And it can be frustrating. I need to interrupt real quick on this specific issue. In between the time when we recorded this conversation, and now, while I'm doing the editing, the ULP award came in, and we were victorious. It feels good to win. Um, so the city is going to be forced by this award to arbitrate the 27th payroll period for the non-represented members. We have two separate things. We have the grievance that's in the abeyance till November 1st, 2018. Mm -hmm. That's for our active members. Mm -hmm. And then you have the separate unfair labor practice that's for retirees and non-reps. Great. Uh, that really, I think, is a lot of information on the uh, issue. Is there anything else you want to add to get out to the members who may be um, interested in this? Yeah, I think that, the you know, I've heard, well, how many times can the city try and take this away? And I think that, you know, what's amazing is they didn't take it away to the police when they gave them a huge contract. So <laughs> people ask, are they going to bargain away? I just don't see the city doing that. But I also see them attacking us every time that they get a chance to attack the 27 payroll. And what motivation they have, I don't know. I think it's really important that as the fire chief comes and does his station visits, yeah. that our members talk about this. Uh -huh. So he says, hey, I want this, I want this, tell me what you don't want. we got to be really vocal. He has to hear how much our members disagree with the city. So continue to make that message known to the fire chief and to the administration, however way you do, okay. you can. Okay. and advocate for ourselves. We'll do the legal stuff, but any help with the boots on the ground is helpful. Right. Jason, is there anything else you think is important to get out to the members? Nope. Any, any questions you don't have uh, answered, just give one of us a call and we'll get the answer for you. Awesome. Thanks, guys.